nothing particularly significant or important. It wasn't uh, terribly dramatic. That boy needs therapy. That boy needs therapy. Lie down on the couch. That's crazy when we've got effective interventions at our disposal. What does that mean? Large effect sizes, empirical questions answered left and right. A lot of psychedelics became illegal. A lot of the psychedelics became illegal. Transcranial magnetic stimulation. Life is rubbish. For all of us. Welcome to the show. The Frontier Psychiatrist. Let's go. That boy needs therapy. That boy needs therapy. All that's going on here is that these people do not have a language for talking about their thoughts and their feelings. And as soon as they start talking about their thoughts and their feelings, they don't have to do crazy things. They don't have to do crazy things. We passed a grim anniversary right before the end of 2021. And over 800,000 people in the United States have died from COVID-19. <coughs> it's been a while since I did one of these shows. You know, Mucinex, man. This, this is shit. This is my friend Angela Capetta, photographer, and tell that like it is her. What's the experience of Mucinex? Um... Mm, that's a really good question. It takes everything from being able to be from intolerable to completely tolerable. Angela is talking to me while she has COVID for the first time in January of 2021. And that's not hyperbole. Intolerable to utterly manageable. Life, on the other hand, has not felt utterly manageable to me or to a lot of people. But I realize if I'm going to make an episode that's kind of a love letter to <laughs> vaccination, um, that's not going to make sense to people. So uh, Carlene chimed in about what that intro maybe should include. What's the setup it needs? You're saying you need to explain why the experience of getting the vaccine was so profound and meaningful for you and yet there's a whole group of people that just aren't into it and what does that mean so in the grand tradition of this show remotely possible we're going to have some meta commentary to explain what the meta commentary explains we're going to talk about nailed it so at the beginning, I should have just an explanation of the fact that this is going to be a show about uh, my experience getting the thing and then how I understand other people not wanting to. Well, because it's really hard for people to understand that if right. you've gotten it. But if I like have that up front as a teaser, then people are more likely to know what to listen for. Yes. Also, if there's going to be psychedelics. Oh, okay. <laughs> then it's a selling point. Something about psychedelic apes. Psychedelic apes, yeah. Yeah. People love it. Okay, that's helpful. So we're totally going to talk about psychedelics and not just COVID and not just vaccines because that's how weird this is all getting. 
uh, there will also be evolutionary biology and some understanding, perhaps. Onward. So, welcome to Remotely Possible. Anxiety, uncertainty, and existential despair. It's a show about what happens when things get really weird because there's a global pandemic and things we took for granted we really can't anymore. My name's Owen Muir and I'm a psychiatrist. It's good to see you're alive, Chelsea. Barely, I feel like shit. One of the things I've been doing and many, many other people have been doing is podcasting. It's a way to take what we're thinking, feeling, and talking about to ourselves and have it theoretically be talking to other people. One of those projects I've been doing is collaborative and it's with Chelsea, who you just heard, and it's a show called Orthogonal with Chelsea Fasano, where we talk to neuroscientists, meditators, and uh, people interested in Tantra to draw the connections between the brain, the body, psychedelics, meditation, human sexuality, and so many other topics that link us together. Um, how are you guys doing? Okay enough is my general answer to that. That sounds really optimistic, Owen. It is what it is. Radical acceptance becomes not just a DBT skill, that's dialectical behavioral therapy, but the only reasonable way to live. And the idea is you have to repeatedly get practice letting go of what you want in any given moment so that when it matters, you can let go of things that are really hard. There you are. Perfect. Okay. Jay right there. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Good morning, Jay. I actually recorded both of my COVID vaccination visits. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to be not insane during them, but it was kind of a huge deal to get that Moderna shot in my arm. Is it a deltoid shot? Yes, it is. So you want the right side? Yeah, it's easier for you. Uh, thank you. Um, no, no allergic reaction. Uh, are you uh, feeling? Sick? I am not feeling sick now. Okay, I have. Did they give you the side effects? Uh, I know. I've been making a podcast about this thing for months. So yes, I. So you. I'm aware. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to make a documentary about time passing, uh, but that's what I guess I'm doing, so. They never had a biological copy of the disease, ever. They just had the genetic code. And they came up with the answer on day one. Right. I mean, uh, I heard on news like they made it this vaccine in like hours. Hours, yeah. yeah. As soon as they got one gets sick, one normally increases in, you know, capacity again in a linear way. I, I gotta say, Angela is always the star of these episodes. 
you can go on. You know, you get a little better each day. It's a little better here, a little better there. And then eventually you're like, okay, I'm fine. But this is symptoms leapfrogging over each other in a way that I've never experienced in my life. So you've been vaccinated. You've gotten both shots. Triple. And, and the booster. Triple. Yeah. What would you say to people who are like, yeah, I'm not going to get that? Now, this is clearly a biased question. Um, uh, I probably could have left it out, but I didn't. Uh, are you currently feeling sick right now? Nope. Did you take any other vaccine in the last 14 days? No. The process of getting a vaccine for COVID is invasive. They ask you a lot of questions. And although I was enthusiastic to answer them because I'm a doctor and I want them to have accurate data, I imagine not everyone shares my feelings about this. And I've never recorded any other vaccinations or, you know, most other medical appointments don't feel like newsworthy in my life to me. Uh, so recording this and listening back to it was really different. You're, you're Emily. Owen? Yeah. I'm just going to watch after you for about 15 minutes, okay? You okay? Yeah, it's just, you know, emotional. To be very clear, it's just, you know, emotional is at best obfuscation and at worst a lie about my emotional state. And today here with you, podcast audience, I will admit that COVID has been terrifying. For some people, it's easier to be terrified by the known risks of the vaccine or the imagined risks than of the uh, existentially and like death level of terror you can have when thinking about COVID. And maybe that's why we see a lot of this. I mean, look, there are people who don't get vaccinated for various reasons. And this is Angela again, because whenever I need someone to say something that's totally not BS, it usually goes over better if it's not me. Sometimes they can't tolerate it. Sometimes they, you know, they're afraid of the side effects because they've got underlying medical or whatever. But if you're just a another idiot on the bus and you don't get vaccinated, I would be, I'd probably be in a ventilator right now. I'd be in a hospital in a critical unit. Yep. And I mean... I can't think of any place I'd rather be less than that. <clears throat> so if you want to not get vaccinated and go to a hospital and be on a critical COVID unit with a ventilator and a tube, be my guest. No one's stopping you. And as dismissive as that feels, it's also literally true. No one is stopping you, at least most places in the U.S., from being a person who avoids getting vaccinated, and then seeing what happens, which is often bad. And isn't there something called viral load as well? There is, right. And so the more viral replication events you have, the more right. opportunities there are for mutation. The more opportunities for mutation there are, the more variants get cranked out, and some of them will be more infectious or more efficient or more able to evade what we have. And so my professor in medical school would tell me, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them what you told them. So I'm going to check back in with what I told myself and then thus you at the beginning of the show. 
what's the setup it needs. You're saying you need to explain why the experience of getting the vaccine was so profound and meaningful for you. Okay, check. And yet there's a whole group of people that just aren't into it. And what does that mean? Okay, mentioned, but haven't really dealt with yet. Anything else? Yes, also, if there's going to be psychedelics. Oh, okay, <laughs> that is a silly point. Right, psychedelics, I've got to weave that in. Okay, let's get there. Some basic science first. And one of the things that happened over the course of 2020 and 2021 was the advent of social audio, where um, I became like a D-list internet celebrity um, on the Clubhouse app. You're a D-list celebrity, but with the second largest psychedelic-themed clubhouse club on Clubhouse. Thank you, aside voice. And one of the things that happened on there is I got to interview the president of Moderna, just like out of the blue. Um, it's amazing technology. So for people who haven't been keeping up with... Uh, biotech vaccine making um moderna overnight but after 20 years of work um made a vaccine and, and pfizer did something very similar johnson and johnson did something more traditional um but the moderna technology um an mrna vaccine is pretty basic biology here's the part where i'll pretend to be an old video Welcome to Bio 101, Lecture 2, The Structure and Function of the Cell. The cellular membrane, made up of a phospholipid bilayer, encloses a number of organelles and structures. The nuclear membrane is surrounding the nucleus, where the genetic material is. Outside of that, we have the smooth endoplasmic reticulum, which controls movement throughout the cell. The rough endoplasmic reticulum is punctuated with ribosomes, which take messenger RNA from the nucleus and convert it into proteins. Those proteins are used to build other structures like mitochondria and in plants, chloroplasts. The ribosomes, which are the rough part of the rough endoplasmic reticulum, take messenger RNA, which is basically uh, an instruction manual for making proteins. And the instruction manual that the Moderna vaccine delivers is that of the spike protein, which is a protein on the outside of COVID-19 that helps it lock on to our cells and get in. Hi, Owen. This is Chelsea recording you and audio from the apartment where Kenneth and I are having coronavirus together. <clears throat> Kenneth is really sick and it is bringing the reality of coronavirus to a new level for me because he's so resilient and strong and seeing him in so much pain for so many days is really making me aware of the realities of this virus and how much suffering people are going through. <clears throat> and I was listening to your podcast and it reminded me of this book, Parenting for a Peaceful World. And the author argues in the book that human beings are neither 
evil nor good, but rather were capable of more horrific things than most animals and were also capable of more generous things than most animals. That it's not our goodness or cruelty that defines us, but rather the range of things we're capable of that makes us uniquely human. And your podcast reminded me of that because it talks about how we're wired to both be profoundly interconnected pro-social creatures and also how our tendencies to lash out in fear and anger can make us profoundly cruel to each other in more creative, more ingenious, and more horrific ways than most animals are capable of. So that was it. I had my first dose, and I wasn't going to die of COVID, I thought, and haven't. But the understatement of the century award... not just emotional it's at the time a weight of terror being lifted but like downplay your emotions if you have them um especially if you're a doctor right because and we're not really supposed to feel stuff (laughs) um The 15 minute wait period afterwards is a little bit like a meditation and I'm really happy they have it, not just for safety reasons, but it gives you the time to take a mandatory moment to think about what you've been through and what you might not have to. Um, All day long. Hi, I'm I'm Owen. Nice to meet you. (laughs) We were just just, uh, amusing ourselves so you got here again. I know Kenneth is in support of taking down the prison industrial complex with psychedelics. Okay, Kenneth Shinnesuko. I think I'm in love with Owen, though, because he's plotting evolution. So he's my kind of guy, even more so than I already thought. You two have (laughs) no idea how much revolution both of you plot all the time. Like, pretty much every time I go over to Owen's for a glass of wine for, like, a so-called just, like, relaxing That's a clip from uh, the (laughs) unofficial beginning of uh, Chelsea's show, Orthogonal. Um, which you should listen to uh, on the on the internets. Um, but one of the things that became abundantly clear is that uh, equitable treatment of humans is not something that is necessarily or at all something to expect. And if we want change, we're going to have to think really hard about how to change a lot of assumptions and a lot of incentives that have been driving us to suffer and to suffer deeply. So in the show I do with Chelsea, we talked to people like Adam Saffron, and we were talking about how the serotonin system that psychedelics act on evolved. In the- with a gene duplication event around the time of the cambrane explosion with the... Uh- evolution of basically jawed fishes. Uh, To me, this suggests that it probably played some role 
in predator-prey arms races. And uh, I'm interpreting this as under this kind of physiological range of stimulation that might have been a good amount of the selection. It was a temporary, I guess you could say like turbocharging or overclocking of the organism. The systems we use now are the same systems we built as fish to be able to do extraordinary things in extraordinary circumstances. But the systems we use to think and feel now are built on the same underlying hardware, by and large, that we had built as fish for fish circumstances and as primates. And now we're humans and we have a lot more to think about. But the hardware we have to think about it with is old. And this explains to me a lot of what makes me often and others angry at each other in times like this, because when we're afraid, it becomes really hard to do something other than listen to those ancient fish swim away. It's terrifying. You're going to get eaten systems and do any of that higher order thinking that we are so enamored of. Um, but at the end of the day, our feelings are a story we tell ourselves in retrospect. The story I told myself was a vaccine was a relief. And for other people, the uncertainty causes fear. And both of those feelings are ancient. And complex here, but basically the idea that our ability to bond might be particularly important given our cooperative niche and what it takes to raise these big brained expensive children with long vulnerable periods. Maybe that was part of, part of the selection that made us some particularly psychedelic apes in theory. I've spent more time thinking about psychedelics uh, in the past year than I imagined I ever would. And it occurs to me, still not having uh, taken any of them, um, but just an observer of the science, although a deeply interested one, that the same biological systems that let us have experiences that are remarkable when exposed to serotonergic compounds um, like psilocybin, LSD, and the like, also explain a bit why we are so inclined to work together for the good or the bad, because sticking together with our tribe is what got us here in the first place, and our brains are built upon a framework that privileged that tribalism. And that means that when someone around you doesn't wear a mask, you probably don't want to either. Whether it's a good idea or not is not as powerful as the evolutionary forces that got us to be running the hardware and emotional operating systems we do. And thinking about it this way makes me a little bit less upset when people can't just see the, can't you just wear a mask? Can't you just fight everything that made us a successful species in the first place? Probably not.
life is rubbish, you know, for all of us, for all of us. For all of us. For all of us.